sort of complaining that it's not realistic really because it's because there because there's there's scenes where they expect violence and they don't get it well that's the thing people always want to see marginalized people suffer yeah and janet mock intentionally made this show not about suffering yes and oh gosh and ah this this is such a good show it's such a fucking good job and it's not it needs to be trending on twitter every sunday and i don't want to hear about the possibility that this might get canceled because yep this Mm -hmm. show is truly a miracle it's it's so fucking good so Wow, you just I I don't think people really understand what it feels like to be seen. Oh. Yeah. Like 
for trans trans people of color to see themselves, you know, thriving and mm-hmm. surviving, sometimes scheming and scamming, but um, <laughs> but you know, yeah. just just making their way in a big city like New York. God, this show is so good. Anyway, watch it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I definitely have to because I saw something about an, an episode um, earlier. Apparently, they went and stole some money from a Salvation Army Santa. Yes. Listen, considering Salvation's uh, Salvation Army's track record with quilt people, yep. that was delicious. Yes, it was. That is delicious. It was good. <laughs> so stole yeah, I whole, have to see that. They stole that whole. Pie. <laughs> stole the whole bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck Salvation Army. I mean, okay. they stole a whole bunch of um, royal costumes from a goddamn museum in the mm. first episode mm. to wear at the ball. A museum heist. Oh my god. A museum heist. Oh hell yeah. See, y'all should have just told me that in the first place. (laughs) The show show has two episodes written by Janet Mock. Mm -hmm. Um, She's going to direct an episode later this season, I think. Oh, Um, look at Janet thriving. She, like, she is doing the damn thing. Like, I thought that was all you needed to know. But <laughs> it's good. It's really good. It needs to be on for all the seasons. Uh, watch this show and support. God damn it. It's important. I had to put it in the intro, the housekeeping. It's that important. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Okay. So. So we're spoiling it got those, already. Yes. Yes. See, we told you. We spoil shit. Yes. Okay. And we not so, um, <laughs> so, okay, we can go ahead and take it to Skewworthy News now. And, Didi, would you like to start us off here? <laughs> i already been talking too much already. Okay, so. Good. In an interview with uh, Porter Magazine, um, Tess, actress Tessa Thompson comes out as bisexual. So, um, Pride. Uh, just goes on um, all throughout Pride is 365 24-7 so um, uh, Thompson says um, about uh, the movie that she's going to be in Sorry to Bother You that um, seeing black people in narratives of magical realism is something I've really been longing for Uh, I grew up feeling so inspired by films like Being John Malkovich and Adaptation, but it always felt like they were unavailable to someone like me. Um, Wow. That's that's wild, she said, because she's she's, um, Mexican on her mother's side, and she's Panamanian on her father's side, but um, she still didn't feel like magical realism was available to someone like her that's that's how whitewashing affects people you know and the wholesale whitewashing that hollywood does affects people even actresses um thompson says that she gets text messages from friends who have come out to their family members after hearing or watching uh janelle monet's dirty computer 
She says, quote, I think that work is really helping people and probably saving some lives. Wow. Wow. Like, and compare that to the impact that some of these other black male so-called geniuses are having with their work. Like, their work is literally traumatizing people. (laughs) (laughs) Girl! (laughs) And Jamil's is saving lives. Like, (sighs) black women forever. Anyway, um, and then finally, Thompson says, I can take things for granted because of my family. It's so free, and you can be anything that you want to be. I'm attracted to men and also to women. If I bring a woman home or a man, we don't even have to have the discussion. So, (laughs) it's wild how the press kind of didn't read the whole interview because (laughs) they were so eager to tweet, uh, you know, Janelle Monet and Tessa Thompson are in a relationship and Tessa admitted it. Um, <laughs> Tessa had to get back on Twitter and say that that's not what she said. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> What she did say in the interview is that we love each other deeply. We're so close. We vibrate on the same frequency. If people want to speculate about what we are, that's okay. It doesn't bother me. Um, so she's basically saying y'all can speculate and she knows that we already have, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to preserve some semblance of privacy and I respect that. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know or think we know that they're going at it like Energizer Bunnies, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry, she's not going (laughs) to confirm that and she, she doesn't have to, it's none of our goddamn business. Anyway, um, so all those people, all those magazines, Vibe, I'm looking at you, that said, (laughs) oh, they're in a relationship, she confirmed it, take down the tweets, and use some fucking reading comprehension. Um, alright, so, she's also, uh, going into producing, and... Her first project as a producer will be the Doris Payne biopic. I think um, Doris Payne is the the thief. The, yes. Well, yes. She's the older black lady. Yeah. Who's been a thief for most yes. of her life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think she's fresh out the being right now. I know. She just... <laughs> She's what, 70 or 80 now? She's like in her 80s. She is in her 80s. Doris ain't. Doris ain't. (laughs) Okay, I need this story yesterday. This is going to be good. There's a a pretty good documentary on Netflix, but I I still want to see a, um, I want to see a movie adaptation. I just want to see, like, you know, recreations of these heists. Yes. Oh, my God. That would be so good. Okay. (laughs) All right. So to Tessa Thompson, um, who is really just helping us uh, continue to celebrate in 2018, uh, we <laughs> give her a scream! Okay. All right. 
on to our next item in Screwworthy News. Sonequa Martin-Green wins Best Extras on Television at the Saturn Awards. And in case you don't know, Saturn Awards, they, um, uh, they, they give awards for uh, speculative stuff, science fiction, fantasy, and that type stuff. Mm-hmm. So, of course, her win was for Star Trek Discovery. She did the damn thing on that show. I finally went ahead finished watching it. Um, not forgiving everything it did, but it was better than um, I, it, it turned out to be than I expected it to be after like those first four episodes. And yes, Sonequa is completely deserving of that award. And I feel and, like oh, Wilson Cruz needs an award for that salt and pepper beard. Woo! He yes. is looking hella fine. This Ooh, whole he aged series, well. okay. Mm. Aged like fine one. Ooh. Anyway. Anthony Rapp didn't deserve that. Okay, anyway, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he was too fine for Anthony Rapp. I like you. I, 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 I love you, Anthony Rapp. You ain't done nothing to me, but oh my God. Ooh. 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 Okay. Listen, Cruz. Yes. All right. Uh, also, with the Saturn Awards, Denai Guerrero wins Best Supporting Actress in the Film for Black Panther, of course. Okoye. Okoye, yes. yes. And Hannah Beachler won Best Production Design for Black Panther. You got damn right she did. Yes, because everything about how that film looked was flawless. Mm -hmm. So, yes. I mean, just so happy to see black women, you know, in, you know, um, speculative stuff, in, you know, science fiction and, um, you know, fantasy and all that, getting recognition, you know, for their work. You know, because, I mean, well, we're finally, you know, getting these roles, finally getting leads in these roles and, you know, just really good parts. And, whew, it's about time. It's really about time because, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy for them. Early am. All right. So, okay, so for these women winning at the Saturn Awards, we give a... Um, American Gods Yatiti Badaki uh, is crowd is crowdfunding um, for an Alice in Wonderland type of short film set in Hollywood. In this film that um, Badaki uh, wrote and also co-produced. She will play a woman named Zadwa, who is an actress who makes a living working at a diner. She takes an audition that changes her life and is thrown into a strange world where rules don't seem to apply. So, this is this is more interesting than any of the other Alice in Wonderland yeah. <laughs> reboots that yeah. seem to yeah. be in the pipeline and have been made already. So, yeah, um, yeah. Plus, I love like surrealist stuff, you know, like that. But I don't. I I really see like black people in it, you know. So yeah, I really hope you know this comes to fruition. Yep, that's what Tessa was saying earlier in the end. Uh, in that um, Porter Magazine interview, so yeah, this is this is great. And um, if you haven't seen American Gods, she is Ooh. Mm. she is As the just goddess Bill Coyce. 
So yes. Um, until you can see her again, um, this they pretty much they've almost reached their goal um, for crowdfunding for this. But um, you know, if you weren't able to give this time, you know, maybe they might need some post-production funds because a lot of films run over, you know, um, go over budget. So. Um, you know, if you weren't able to give through this passive crowdfunding, maybe there'll be another time for you to, you know, share some of your coins. So, <laughs> to Yatiti Badaki, um, also known as Bilquis, we give a big good this is this worked out great this is all you <laughs> okay well um also if you might also know june is actually black music month and some black women was winning black music month as well because we got some new music from joy big frida and georgia ann muldrow uh, georgia ann muldrow of if you listen to the other show, my music show, she's the one whose music I play under when I talk, so you don't have to just be listening to only my voice. But she just uh, switched labels. She's on um, she's on Flying Lotus's label. I forget, you know, the Brain name of it. Feeder. Brain Feeder, yes. She's now on his label, and she just released the first track, you know, since that um, transition. It's called Overload. It's a gorgeous song. And first heard on... You said it's first heard on Black Swan Chronicles. Um, I first heard it there. Oh, okay. Why do I oh, keep oh. saying Black Swan Chronicles is Black Oh, Swan. oh, oh. I'm sorry. I keep messing. I, keep I was messing about to name. ask you what Black Swan Chronicles I'm was. A... <laughs> Just, hey. Okay. She been collecting. <laughs> I was like, huh, what's Black Swan Chronicles? I'm going to check that out. That's me. That's me okay. the name. So, um, <laughs> um, so okay, I listen to I listen to your show while I'm writing show notes, and I heard oh. this song, and I had to stop what I was doing. Oh wow! And I fell into a little bit of a YouTube hole. Um, okay. This song okay. is so lovely. Yeah. And, okay. And that really makes sense for Muldrow to be on Flying Lotus's label now, because I really think, yes, because you yes. know his aunt was Alice Coltrane. Yes. Yeah. And Muldrow is a big jazz fan, and um, and it shows. It shows. And then and um, her father was a big jazz fan and a great um, guitarist. Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, yeah, and her music is very much a fusion of a, diff- a whole lot of different black sounds. And it's, oh, gosh, yeah. but she's got her own spin on it. And uh, this is just a lovely song. It's just a Yeah, her song. albums are just, wow. Very experimental, but, and, and she makes all her own beats. Yes, yes. Like, how many black female beat makers do you know? I just know one, her. Yeah, <laughs> she's like the one I know. Yes. But, um, yeah, because, I mean, like, when, the same thing kind of happened to me because when I first, like, got acquainted with her a couple of years ago, I fell down a hole and I was just on Tumblr just, like, looking for her stuff, you know, so I could, you know, listen to it there. And, I mean, just fell in love, like, over a weekend. And so now I'm just so glad she's got, you know, new music out because I don't think she's had an album out since 2015. 
No. And yeah, was that Alessi Fragments of an Earth or something like that? Something I don't know. Like was that, that the, the one that Love Light was on or that's I, I another know. song? It was that the I one of the, I know yeah, Great Blacks was on that one. That's I remember that. But yeah, it's it's been a minute and so she's kinda teasing us with, you know, yeah, I've I've gotten some stuff going on and you know, we'll we'll see. We're about to get 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 that in. So yeah. Yeah, Georgia and Muldrow finally, you know, <laughs> getting it back in. Yeah. Okay. She's All like right. the embodiment of black femme gene. Yes, she is Yes. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh also the embodiment of black femme genius. Oh yes. Joy Gilliam. Yes. Joy Gilliam had a great weekend last week. Mm-hmm. She, well, she did release her new album, Sir Rebecca Holly Love. And she also um, was in the first episode of Luke Cage. Yes, she was. She did two songs. Yes. Yes. Yeah, one of the songs was It's um, from a previous album. Yes. I forget if whether it was Tennessee Slam or the other one. Or another one, I forget. But anyway, I it's, it's it on one of those Tennessee albums. Slam. They yeah. need to re-release Tennessee Slim because you can't find it on streaming. Really? Yeah, I mean, I only have it because I bought the CD. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, anyway, she released that album uh, after she gave us the first single off of it a few weeks ago called Stare at Me. And um, I did go with the song Black Magic Potion because that song is just banging. Yeah. That song is just all the way banging. It's like it's like what you would ex- come to expect from Joy. You know, just really raw yeah. and funky. Yes. Like, yeah that that's that's like um that that, that song just told me okay Joy Joy ain't changing <laughs> she ain't switching nope. up her style because nope. this style really works. And, yep. Um, she's 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 in her bag right now. Um, yeah, that song is good as a jam. Yeah, yeah. See, this is why I'm just so mad at myself that I didn't. I never heard her first album, The Pendulum Vibe, until like maybe either last year or a couple of years ago. Because I'm like, hold up. See, the only person I knew who predated Erica Badu and D'Angelo with Neo Soul was um, Michelle, but you can only kind of sort of call her Neo Soul. But Joy predated them both too. Yeah. And, um, cause yeah, the pendulum vibe was like 94 and I was like, holy shit, this is good. She wrote this, and I was just, she wrote this yes. great song for the Panther soundtrack, the movie Panther yes. with Mario Van Peoples. A really yeah. Great song called I st- Freedom. I still remember her, her, her version though. Mm-hmm. I still remember they played that on a um, New York undercover yeah. on an episode of that. Wow! It was during an opening sequence, and I'm like, "Yeah, that was Joy's version." Because so I was like, "Hey, who is this? Because this is Freedom, but who is this? It's not the ensemble thing." But I never knew that was her. That's wild, because Luke Cage is really trying to, you know, yes! do some of that New York undercover stuff with the whole um, yes! Harlem's Paradise thing, and then yeah, guest every episode. Oh, and, and what, the yeah, what they're I'm, doing I'm with music on Luke in, Cage. Is yes. very New York undercover. Yes, just making the music just so central to yes. the whole vibe of that show. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, of course, I'm just ecstatic about that. <laughs> and but, they're uh, picking yeah. great music. So yes, 
Yeah. They really are. Alright, so um, if you haven't listened to Joy's album, Sir Rebecca Holy Love, go do it now. It is available on streaming. Just go listen to it. You will have no regrets. If you can find any of our other um, previous work, listen to that too. No regrets. Joy is consistently good. She is consistently greatness. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, okay. All right. Also, I actually, because I'm like, okay, I think it's going to snuck up on me because I'm like, did it come out yet? But Big Frida is also releasing some new music. She uh, just released karaoke, which features Lizzo. And I'm just about to pass out just thinking about that collaboration. I'm because... Why didn't anybody think of this sooner? Like, this is perfect. Yes. If you um, ever see Lizzo tweeting anything on her, she posted a video and she was just praising Big Freedom for said Big Freedom been pulling her up on stage to perform since, like, forever. And, girl. Girl. If there's anybody I want to see dance to bounce music, it's Lizzo. Lizzo. Ooh, Lord have mercy. I need this video yesterday. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I also did include a Lizzo song yes. on the last show, too. Boys. Boys. And that song is banging. Yes. I mean, it's but Lizzo. It just, yeah. Yes. She doesn't disappoint. Yeah. So, okay. karaoke is on um, Big Frida's latest EP, which is called Third Ward Bounce. And yeah. that song goes hard, too. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, still been, I've still been bumping rent. Right? <laughs> still, girl. People need to give Big Frida her due. Yes. Like, y'all want to have her on the songs, but don't want to have her in the videos. Yep. Yep. And that's some bullshit. Let let Big Frida get her shine. Yeah, Frida out here, you know, <laughs> telling people send her IG videos because she having a booty shaking contest and she gonna give whoever wins something, like gonna be in her next video or something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know some people who who who, who you know, hey. <laughs> oh my God! See, I'm. A, this is why I need to be a celebrity so I can get people to send me booty yeah. shake video. <laughs> Oh, did I say that out loud? Shit. I need to edit that. Um, yeah, Frida. Frida she's is, living the dream. So, okay. Yes. She is. She's also just very, you know, she wants to do so much for New Orleans. You know, she that she is all about, you know, her hometown and putting it on the map for, you know, all the, you know, cultural you know, shit they do, which includes twerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which includes bounce. As you know. Music. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think she got the, it was a couple of years ago, she um, had Guinness Book of World Records come for like the largest, um, it was the largest twerk group, some type of group where just a whole bunch of people twerking uh, and, and it got put in, you know, Guinness Book of World Records. Ah, that sounds like heaven. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I um, really wish I had Fuse because I know she had a show on Fuse too. So yeah, I think it was like something like Queen of Bounce or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So oh yeah, y'all, she all about that bounce. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, June was <laughs> really, really good for Black women in music because 
and just some banging shit too, you know, some stuff that make you want to move. Yeah. Yeah. So, and to all these ladies, Joy, Georgia Ann Muldrow, Big Frida, Lizzo, um, we give a big and thank you so much thank you and thank you Inda for for playing all these artists on the Black Swan Collective Collective (laughs) I was going to mess it up so I'm kidding (laughs) but see now I got to use Black Swan Chronicles for something too because I like that no (laughs) that's me mixing up um, yeah, but I like that. That's me mixing up the name of your story with the. Oh, God. That's my bad. That's me being old. Okay. <laughs> but that's a good oops. That's a good oops. <laughs> I like that. Oh, anyway, um, moving on. All right. All right. All right. Um, um, my co host from Ratchet Research, Katrina Jackson, is also a novelist. And she is dropping a whole bunch of novellas. Um, very, oh, oh, just all the time. Um, she yes. Recently, just in time for see your summer reading. Yes. Like, with all that's going on in the world, you need some escapism. Yes. And yes. Um, why not read some erotica? Um, yes. And she's got a lot for you. Um she recently released what layover and Mm -hmm. um room for three which i just finished today which is really good um about a grad student who moves in with two models and uh they basically start going at it like like buddies (laughs) so and then they you know just trying to figure out you know what their relationship is um, and she's going to <laughs> drop another book <laughs> in July 25th called Pink Slip, which is, would make, would start her third series. <laughs> Room for Three <laughs> was the beginning of, um, a series called Erotic Accommodations, um, of course, she has two novellas in her um, Welcome to Seaport series, which I um, affectionately call Welcome to Freakport, because <laughs> it's all about this um, this really, really, really small town um, that you can't even really find on the map, but um, they're trying to reinvigorate that town and get new people in. Um, and, um, all of the, all of the people that end up moving to this town, um, end up being kind of freaky. So, welcome <laughs> to Freakport. Um, and, um, Pink Slip is a new series, which is, uh, has more espionage in it, um, but still a lot of fucking. So, <laughs> it's set for a July 25th release and you can pre-order now um, so yeah she's got a she's building quite a catalog for herself you can check out all of these books on Amazon and um, also check out her uh, Tumblr which is Cat Jackson Books 
Uh She has great face claims there and other stuff about um, her books and um, just uh, romance in general. So check that out. To Katrina Jackson, we give a big... Yeah, I just have to say, between her and Rebecca Weatherspoon, I'm finally getting the type of contemporary romance I like. Black people. Yes, black, black women. women. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's important. Yes, yes. Important. Okay. All right. And our last item I just wanted to mention is this is like one of the best things I've seen like all week. Ten-year-old DJ Switch from Ghana. She is killing the game. Uh, we only got her name as Erica. She's been DJing since she was nine. So for about a year, she said she picked up on it real quick because she, you know, she she loves it. She enjoys it. And uh, she says she goes by the name DJ Switch because she switches people to happiness. She says she's. I know, right? It's just so adorable. She says she's learning the piano and the cultural drums and she can also play the trumpet she's 10 <laughs> and she also she also dances this little girl yeah little girl yes and it gets better erica says she wants to be a gynecologist because she wants to help women and i just want to give this baby all the ice cream what a joy so, what yes a joy. yes she is, and I mean, you can just, there's a, a about a minute and a half video um, from BBC Africa, and you she's, you know, talking, you're giving an interview, and you also see, you know, her at work, you know, with the DJing, and also with the dances, and she, oh, I forgot to mention, she um, says she did her first video, her first um, song, Deceiver, with her mom. Oh. Her mom sings, and she raps. Yeah, it, yeah. This is so sweet, she's ten, y'all. She is. She's 10, y'all. This is, yeah. So I just wanted to give that baby a shout out because she is out here doing the damn thing at 10. I'm like, girl, can I be you when I grow up? That's so beautiful. This, see, <laughs> just when you write off, want to write off the whole human race, here comes DJ. Exactly. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Yes. All right. So to Erica, a.k.a. DJ Switch, we want to give a big squeeze. squeeze. All the squeeze. All the squeeze. Yes. <laughs> all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and after all that squeeze, we got to catch a fade. Uh, a few. Well, somebody got to catch a fade. Not us. Some of the people out yeah. there. <laughs> yes. Um. You know who can catch a fade for everybody in government can catch a fade for this next one. Um, yes. Vox.com wrote, wrote a piece called Maxine Waters and the Trope of the Angry Black Woman. Recently, Maxine Waters uh, urged people to protest against family separation and um, other violence against undocumented um, immigrants in the United States. 
that this current trash administration is <sighs> inflicting with impunity. Uh, she yep. said, and I quote, let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome, end quote. How is that much different from what white people have been doing to us lately? Calling the police on us. I mean, the difference is, is that hers is decidedly less violent. Her, her proposition is decidedly less violent than white people calling the police on black people for existing. Yet, members of the right wing say that Waters is inciting violence and want her formally censured. Um, some um, Republicans in the House of Representatives even want her to resign. Yeah, fuck them. Basically. Uh, fuck Democrats, too, because they aren't being supported, um, which is not a surprise to me. Um, House Minority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, said that Waters' comments were not American. And then Nancy Pelosi, I think, is she on edibles or something? I don't know. She she she's made some statement about unity and um, voting for people that will create unity or something like that. Um, Girl, she also said that um, said that she doesn't feel any threat about um, Ocasio Cortez's uh, win in New York, um, and doesn't think that Democrats should do anything about it. So, yeah, these leaders of the Democrats are they're not they're not staying up on things. They're not nope. They're not um taking, they're taking notice the base of, for granted. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They're they're not taking notice of the way the wind is shifting. Yep. Um and then hopefully it'll end up with them out of a job. Yep. But um the article says uh, depicting a 79-year-old black Congress member as a threatening figure is also a way of delegitimizing de her with the angry black woman trope. These mm -hmm. efforts to police and sanction waters for boldly, boldly challenging the most overtly white nationalist administration since the civil rights movement illustrate the peculiar intersections of racism and sexism for black women in the United States. End quote. So, yeah. Um, they want us to not do anything. And then when we're killed or deported or separated from our families they want us to just keep quiet about that and then they'll turn around and say that it's like that Zora Neale Hurston quote like about you know yep. what is it they'll, they'll when they murder us they'll turn around and say that we liked it or something 
or I'm messing They want to kill us quiet. They want us to be quiet while they kill us. Yeah. So, yeah, something along those lines. Um, I messed up that quote just like I messed up Lex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we, we know what you meant. We know what um, you meant. Both of these things are true. So, um, and um, the Republicans are vile and hypocritical and reprehensible but the democrats aren't that much better not at all like they, if if we're supposed to vote for y'all because y'all really want us to do this lesser of two evils thing and we'll do it because we want to survive but we're gonna get really tired of this um, and hopefully sooner rather than later we're gonna be um, electing more people like Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez um, who is a Puerto Rican socialist <laughs> Ciao. one of her one yes. of the, the stances on her platform is abolish ICE Yes. Amen. Yes, more politicians like that, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they really just can't believe, like, well, that seems a bit extreme. Like, uh, that's what we want. Yeah. It's not extreme. This is pretty fucking extreme. Separating, Thank you. Separating families? Separating infants? Making toddlers appear in court by themselves. That's not extreme, but it's abolishing ISIS. Okay, y'all. Okay. Anyways, the point is, Maxine Waters is not inciting violence. She's encouraging protest, which is within the rights yeah. of Americans under um, under one of them amendments. I don't know. What is the first amendment? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's in the Constitution. It's in the Constitution. Um. Y'all only ignore Let's that. Have yes, there's other amendments besides the second. Yes. To protect your Thank precious you. guns. Um, Thank you. And, and yes, that one don't even mean what you think it means. I think white people are really worried about a whole bunch of brown people interrupting their brunch or disrupting their commute by protesting in the middle of a highway or busy. Uh, thoroughfare like but they want to ratchet it up to inciting violence um <sighs> yes and this is the stuff that makes me um despair upon the human race but um and it's sad that a 79 year old black woman is still fighting this fight that however old John Lewis is, he's still fighting this fight. Oh, God. That shit just breaks my heart. Because It really does. And all of this because white people want to waste their votes, want to piss their votes down the down the drain, want to devote oh. for this clown. But, oh, we can't really get that bad. How bad could it get? Y'all starting to feel it. That's how bad it's getting because we've been new. Yes. That's what we were trying to tell y'all. 
But no, y'all don't want to listen to us. Uh, it won't really matter who's in office. Wanna bet? They finna come after Roe v. Wade, and now they're gonna pay attention. Yep. I would love to hear from the 53% now. Except, no, I don't care what they think. Yep. You deserve to be scared. Like we have been ever since this motherfucker got in office. So, all of y'all can catch the fade. Um, yep. Got enough for all of you. The hypocrites uh, in the GOP and um, the milk toast. Uh, wishy-washy Democrats who won't do anything to support uh, people who are leading the charge against nationalism, patriarchy, just bigotry. Yep. Fuck y'all. Lord, now I'm going to get even more. Maybe we should do this before the news. I don't know. Um... But yeah. Terry Crews. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah, I was just saying, yeah, I was I was just about to see, you know, Terry Crews is one of the purest motherfuckers on the face of the earth. And this just really chapped my ass this week. It really did. Um, Terry Crews testified before Congress about his sexual assault. And also um, to advocate before the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, for a piece of legislation called the Sexual Survivors Bill of Rights. This legislation would make sure that those who report assault would get their rape kits preserved and paid for by the government. See, I didn't even know that they had to pay for their own kits. Yeah, in a a lot of places they do. And a lot of times those things don't even get, those tests, they don't even get they tested. Don't get yeah, they don't get processed. Oh, my God. Um, then, um, so that sounds like a very good sexual survival. It also um, allows you to get information about, your, <laughs> about um, the person you're accusing. Yep. And I was like, the minute that I heard that, I was like... If this goes through, we'd have to get a lot of details about y'all's president. Woo! Which doesn't bode well for um, the passing of this legislation, but fingers crossed. um, This would be, yes, this would be a boon. We would, yeah, this is necessary. But, um... So, after he's brave enough to go before Senate. Yes. And I'm sure this was on television, uh, too. Um, and talk about something that happened to him that, um, that's very private and embarrassing. So he was very brave to do this. Yes. And then um, uh, a bunch of men, some of them um, famous black men, get on social media and mock him. 
And the men who had the nerve yes. to mock him. Yes. Um, no, y'all did not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, this is what this is the this is the evil part of social media, because it's easy to mock somebody on the internet, where nobody can get at you. Yep. All they can do is reply and, you know, insult you or something like that. But they can't, they can't touch you. Um, so Curtis Jackson. This trifling ass posted a bunch of weird memes to uh, Instagram. Of course, a lot of people know uh, Curtis better by his stage name, 50 Cent. Um, I'm going to just call him Curtis. Um, so he, posts a, he posted a bunch of weird memes to I Instagram. Uh, one of them had the caption... I got raped. My wife just watched. <sighs> he commented an, under another post that he would have responded to a sexual assault with gun violence. He said, you know, uh, I would have got my strap or something like that. He's deleted those posts because he's a coward. Um, he was a coward for posting them in the first place. Yep. Russell Simmons uh, responded oh. to one of those posts with a laughing emoji. And he's the last person that needs to respond to anything about sexual assault last. unless he's responding in court to the 17 and counting accusers that he has accusing him of sexual assault. And if I'm not mistaken, he actually left the country when those allegations came out. He actually DM'd Terry Crews before a lot of these people came forward and said, like, listen, I need your support. I need you to, you know, help me, you know, brotherhood, help your brother, support support me and Terry said no none of these none of these abusers or alleged abusers are getting, are getting a pass nope. so that's why Russell is laughing at Terry And that's why we reminded him, bruh, how many people have pointed the finger at you? Because your day is coming. Like the, like the number is going to go up. Yep. Um, so the article goes on to say... Uh, there is a seductive allure to Jackson's logic, the idea that only weak men allow themselves to be victimized. It is the same logic that animates victim-blaming rhetoric, most often directed at women, but with an added valence of patriarchal post posturing. Wow. This is just, yeah. 
it's it's very easy for people to just say oh if you are if you were a real man if you were strong you wouldn't allow somebody to to oh. assault you oh see oh but see this is curtis jackson is not an actor <laughs> um he doesn't like i think he executive produces power or create created power i don't know he has something to do with power yeah and um i know he was in um uh, one movie get rich or die trying or something like that which is like also one of the names of one of his albums or whatever but um, yeah something like that he's not an actor he's not trying to have a career in acting like terry cruz is trying to have um Terry Crews is trying to feed his family as an actor. Yeah. And he has been feeding his family as an actor. Yes. So basically Curtis Yeah, he doesn't know he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about here. And Russell knows only too well what the fuck he's talking about, but from the perspective of an abuser. Yep. So both of them need to shut the fuck up. And it's it's just so irritating me talking about allow this to happen. Okay. You don't allow it. That's why it's assault. And if he allowed it, he wouldn't be testifying in front of the fucking Senate Judiciary Committee. Thank you, because that was where I was about to go next, because Terry Crews has a, he obviously has a much better understanding of how, you know, gender and race, you know, and sexual assault works, or, you know, not works, but, you know, how that dynamic plays out to them, because, like he's saying, I am a big black man. Had I done anything like, you know, if I, you know, punched this guy, something like this, I would be, you know, in a different court in an orange jumpsuit, you know, telling a different story. And that's if he was lucky. Thank you. In this political com- climate, all that white man would have had to do was call the police and Terry would have been dead. Yes. This man has several children and a wife that he loves. Yes. Yes. He doesn't want to be in jail or in a graveyard. Yes. So he's going through the proper channels and being more courageous than these two men will ever be in their lives. So he can be there for his family. That is... That is... That should be the definition of strength. Yep. And And it's like we said, we said the blacklisting and the stuff would happen and found out he didn't get a part in the Expendables 4 because I forget the producer's name, but the producer asked him to drop the charges and he wouldn't do it. Yeah, the producer actually um, got his uh, court case dropped, so he would actually be able to um, appear in the movie. 
because I think that agent that assaulted him also represents Stallone. Yeah. So Terry ended up saying, you know what? I'm not going to do this movie. Because too many of the people I would be on set with, um, too many of the producers are actually have actually been protecting my assaulter. And some of them got some accusations against them too. Bloop. So, yeah, it's just abuse just pervades that industry and a lot of others. Yep. yep. Probably every industry. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a check that he won't be getting and, and won't be able to use to provide for his family. See, these are costs that Curtis Jackson and Russell Simmons don't think about. And y'all always be talking about, well, these types of accusations can ruin a man's career. Where? Hasn't ruined Russell's. No. Hell, even Harvey Weinstein made bail hours after he um, uh, turned himself in. After he was allowed to turn himself in. So it seemed to be doing more damage to the accuser than the accused in a lot of these situations. And that's not to mention all of the countless number of survivors that are afraid to go come forward. There was one of Simmons' actual accusers um, tried to go through, uh, wrote a letter for the Hollywood Reporter tried to go through proper Mm -hmm. channels, went to Joy Reid on MSNBC, um, and Mm -hmm. spent months getting, getting her story, you know, fact-checked and re- and, and, and researched so they could, um, put it, publish it on air, and Mm -hmm. NBC wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't put it on air. Um, so she wrote a great, um, letter for the Hollywood Reporter called, um, Why It's Harder for Black Women to Come Forward. Um, and she's just one of several, um, to accuse Simmons. And if she, and she had, um, access to a lot of um, members of the media and if she couldn't get hers published her story published by NBC I think didn't they also yes they also um, refused to publish um, the the earliest um, uh, um, accusations against uh, Weinstein yep so yeah this we're seeing a trend here um, so yeah, so she's an activist and she, she has, she's a journalist as well. I think she, she won a, an award at NABJ, um, 
before. So if she can get her story out, think of other marginalized women with fewer resources that are just suffering in silence. Yep. So all of these Twitter eggs following Curtis and Russell's example because they're because they're big wigs and if they said it it must be okay. All of you don't have a tenth of the courage or the strength or the emotional fortitude that Terry Cruz has. And y'all can all catch the nope. fade. Yes. And we got plenty of all of you. Wow, that just, it just, uh... Fuck it. It's like everybody said, you know, protect Terry Crews. Protect Terry Crews. And y'all, and y'all seriously still get mad when we say men are trash? Yep. But y'all do this. And this would have been the perfect time for the fucking so-called MRAs to stand up like, okay, but where the fuck were they? Yes, this just proves that the only time you want to talk about male victims of sexual assault is when you want to shut, you want to silence women. So I'm going to remind y'all this next time you pipe up. Yeah. Next time I say men are trash... Don't say shit. Yep. Is everything okay? <sighs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> Exhausted. Okay. All right. So that Sark you. Let's go on to something much, much happier. Let's go to this week in that print. Yay! Hopefully All these right. men are not trash. I hope so. I really, really hope so. But, you know, we're going to take our chances today. <sighs> Alright, so, Didi? I'll, I'll do this real off. quick. Um, this got right. cut off the, in the last one. My bad. Um, technology <laughs> hates me. Um <laughs> My, we haven't nominated him before. I can't. I don't think. Um, but Barry Jenkins, fellow <laughs> Floridian, uh, Academy Award winner, film director. He's directed *Medicine for Melancholy* and Yay! most famously *Moonlight*, Yay! which won Best Picture, and he won Best Adapted Screenplay with another Floridian, Terrell Alvin McCraney. Yay! See, good things come from Florida. (laughs) Kiss my butt. (laughs) Um, And he's staying busy. He directed an episode of Dear White People for season two. He also um, will helm an adaptation of Colson Whitehead's Underground Railroad on Amazon. And he will direct um, an, a film adaptation of James Baldwin's novel, If Bill, Bill Street Could Talk. I cannot wait. That's going to be good. 
it's gonna have my baby Brian yes. Tyree Henry in it, I think, or <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, um, and a lot of other really great actors, and um, yeah, Barry Jenkins, um, and he's a cutie. Um, he's short, but so am I. That's right. He's taller than me. <laughs> And he he actually did not wear socks to the Academy Awards and <laughs> him and Terrell Alvin McCraney had this great picture where they're just squatting basically doing that prison pose yeah. <laughs> but you could see they both weren't wearing socks and I'm like that's so Florida <laughs> god damn that's like also kind of really old black bitch <laughs> No, old black men wear socks with flip flops, but yeah, old black Canadians though. Um, <laughs> so for that, we nominate him. Harry Jenkins, you keep doing the damn yes. things. <sighs> so yeah, let's just go to the to to your new guy. Oh, okay. I thought you yeah. okay. Well, all right. So my uh, pick for this time, because I kind of can't believe we haven't, you know, talked about him um, either, is Jimmy John Louise. And um, if you, the name doesn't sound familiar, well, most of us first got to know him simply as the Haitian, apparently whose name was Renee, yeah. which was never said, of course. Yeah. On. Rose, because they just always called him the Haitian. Which is fucked up. But anyway, yeah, he reemerged for me because he now plays Nisi Nash's, aka Desna's Boo, on Claws. He is Dr. Gregory Rufal. She was. He was giving her that. Dude. He was given the, the first episode, almost the first scene of that episode, and yo, they were getting it in, and I mean. <laughs> oh, getting it in good. I mean, looking at these two beautiful black people going at it was oh, my day was made. I'm I'm, I'm I'm I've been fanning myself, but I'm really fanning myself now because like, that was best. Ooh, that was good. That was necessary. Yes. Yes, it was. And um, recently, because I'm, I've, what made me like, wait, have we even talked about this dude yet? Now, recent episode, I think episode four. It was kind of a weird episode with him and his mom <laughs> on the show, but we got a very nice, um, a very nice surprise at the end because we got a nice view of what Jimmy got to offer from behind. Because you got a great that, future behind him. That man got a nice ass. All right, <laughs> we got to see it. See, and I'm, I need to, yeah. I missed the last couple episodes because I've been watching Poe. Okay, I need to catch up. Catch up, because ooh, girl, dead ass. It's just like, if I could just get between him and Warren Brown. (laughs) That's just... It's like we are it's like, still you know, talking about one shadowy ass picture of Warren Brown. <laughs> like that's how indelible that ass is. Anyway, okay. <laughs> but girl, like the ooh, no, that's the, they are like 
they are like my two examples, like perfect ass. Because, I mean, Jimmy John Lewis, believe it or not, he will be 50 this year. Hey. So that's cat daddy ass. Cat daddy cakes. Let's get it. Cat daddy. Ooh, like the finest chocolate cake. Ooh, girl. Okay. Um, but just one more. <laughs> one more fun fact about Jimmy. He's fluent in five languages. English, French, Spanish, Italian, and Creole. So, whew, Jimmy John. Ooh, Jimmy John. Oh, he actually also does have a wife named Evelyn, and they have three children. And while we're in World Cup season, he is actually an amateur football player. Ah, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Congratulations to Evelyn. Um, yes, Evelyn, you're doing good. Yes. Um, she knows. Um, <laughs> just get a ass a good smack for us every once in a while and tell us what it was like. At in this corner, that is at I E S C O R N E R. But you gotta see that ass, Dee You gotta see it. I will. Yes. I will freeze frame that shit. And yes, girl, that shit belongs on the wall in the loop. Yes. Good, good night. That has been the end of this episode. We want to thank. No. On that note, it's time for Woman Is Vocab. Because it is a mess. Okay. Well, we uh, like you said, we got cut off last time because technology just I don't know likes to eat our shit. But um. Our word for today is cisnormative. Cisnormative refers to the expectation that people assigned a gender at birth grow up as that gender assignment. In other words, cisnormativity assumes all people are cisgender. It also creates expectations of people based on their assigned gender, meaning that people are expected to perform within the societal confines of that gender, usually the strict male-female binary. And uh, since this is, yeah, we're recording this on the last day of Pride Month, but still, we need to keep these things in mind every day of the year and, you know, work to um, get rid of things like cisnormativity because it's really hurtful and uh, dangerous to a lot of people. A lot of people. Yes. Um, thank you. So now we have actually reached the end of the show. All right. Okay. We are Black Girl Squee. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr and Apple Podcast and Google Play. Also, make sure to check out uh, Black Girl Squee's Patreon to give us some support and help us keep the show running. You can contact me at Endless Corner on Twitter. You can contact Didi at Death Starter on Twitter. Or follow us there if you like. And collectively, our uh, Twitter is at BlackGirlSquee as well. You can also email us at BlackGirlSquee at Gmail. We would love to hear feedback from you or you know, just drop us a few lines. Also, the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts where you can give us a five-star review because that would help us um, be found. You can also find us at Google Play Podcast and your favorite podcatcher by using our RSS feed. And, of course, all episodes 
are up at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.fm. So thank you for joining us. And until next time, bye. Bye. Watch Pose. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.